Welcome back, folks, to Bits on Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a holiday boy, and a man who hates the sun, Dan Masters, who my good friend, a man who I thought could be dead, and a man who loves free agent insanity. Will every human, Will, how you doing? Uh, very well, thank you, Dan. Very well. I feel I feel much like how uh, Messrs. McKenzie and, and Friedman and Cerevelli <laughs> must be feeling right now, because I'm absolutely fucking wiped. The absolute craziest free agency period I remember ever. Ever. Fucking nuts. This this one feels fucking mental. Suitably mental. You know all hockey people talk about is, oh, do you remember that day when it was PK for Weber? It, who's the other trade? Oh, Adam, it was Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. That was the same day, wasn't it? it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Other, and then the, for some the reason, tried. and then for some reason they throw in, oh, and Steven Stamco stayed at the Lightning. Like, that's news for some reason. You know, like, <laughs> a guy who likes to play in a team stays with the team. I'm, I'm like, this is what you class as free agency craziness? This is what you're referencing? No, this is the day. This was like NBA free agency or NFL free agency. This was just off the wall. Every tw- yeah, every that- 10 minutes. Felt like a real a real sports league. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It felt like a sports league that you should maybe watch now and again. Yeah, that that now and again is, you know, adjusted for inflation, but July first to July fourth every year and then shut it off for the rest of the year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right, a couple of things out of the way instantly. Uh, obviously it's been a while since we recorded. I explained on Twitter, but fucking everything just went wrong leading up to us doing the show. Um when was it? Ten days ago, something like that. We're recording on a Friday night. I think so yeah, like yeah, a little cheeky, uh, little cheeky. Fr- we haven't done a we haven't done a night recording for a fucking dog's age, which we used to do all the time back think, in the yeah, day. Maybe, maybe like a year. Yeah, about a year or so. Probably the last time something went fucking tits up. Anyway, <laughs> that's about right. Yeah, well, my daughter got sent home from school because somebody in her class that tested positive for COVID, and then so we rescheduled. And then Will's daughter was fucking ill as shit. And then Will's been living in the house of illness. And then I'm actually my wife actually managed to get us a break away. So and then it all just came together once, and we were like, you know what? We're both fucking knackered. Let's just have a break. And of course, we decided to have a break at the craziest, craziest time, which was just just perfect timing on our part. That's good. We've we've set ourselves apart from average hockey podcasts by not doing anything around <laughs> an expansion draft, the entry draft, or for, until three days after free agency. Exactly. You know, they say you get what you pay for, don't you? So there you go. You get what you pay for, folks. <laughs> Before we, no, I, st- I, I oh, like on. it. Well, when it gets to you know the dog days of August and people, you know. The mainstream podcasts have nothing left to talk about. They're off on their holly bobs. We're still going to be trawling through like page seven of the cat friendly signings list. <laughs> yeah, two way, all the oh, two way see, deals. Uh, yeah, well, what do you think about Luke Witkowski going back to the Red Wings? <laughs> oh, well, actually. I'm looking at his projections. I'm on Jay Fresh's page and his war numbers are actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all that shit. He had a, he had a 0.02% uptick in his uh, war percentage. <laughs> it's pretty fucking. I think he might make a breakthrough. Yeah. Weirdly, we have, I've kind of set aside a few topics to discuss in the sort of down periods, and we've actually got some fun things to discuss in the uh, the, the dog days of, well, I guess it'll be autumn, the dog days of autumn, I suppose, <laughs> um, which is a bit weird compared to normal. But before we start, I just want to say, we will obviously cover, so we're gonna, what we're basically going to do is we're recording tonight, Friday night, and then we're also going to record again uh, Wednesday afternoon in our regular, like we normally would. And then these are going to be basically two roundup shows. So basically part one, part two. And we'll cover any big trades and deals 
uh, obviously the draft and a few other things in this show. And then we'll try and go through all the big uh, sort of UFA, RFA signings on the next show. If you want a breakdown of every single UFA or RFA signing, then please do start your own show with one of your friends and do it because we're not. And <laughs> there's too much to go through. And today was a travel day. So I'm pretty tired. The jet lag's fucking hitting me hard already, dude. So I'm pretty fucking burnt already before we even start. There's only there's only so much shit that's worth caring about. And unfortunately for us, there is a lot of shit to care about at the moment. So which means the stuff that is even you know, even less interesting, like Lane Pedersen being traded for a fourth round pick... Uh, funnily enough, has really gone. Uh, yeah, but what's beyond the bottom of the pile? Like, it's, we've we've buried it. Yeah, it's Lane behind. Pedersen it's like six feet under right now. Yeah, it's like you have, you have to move your fridge. You know, when you move you move a fridge, and you're like, oh my god, I didn't know that was under there. Jesus Christ! You found like a dead mouse or something under the fridge. There's under the fridge news here, people that we just can't get to and don't want to get to either. To be honest, so I mean, I am. You know, I say today was a travel day. I mean, we we went to Menorca, which is only an hour ahead, but I'm going to take it. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm still tired. The fact that I was eating jet, jet breakfast, lag, jet lag. yeah, jet lag, jet lag. The fact I was eating breakfast in another country this morning is uh, is not lost on me at the moment, since I've not fucking stopped since we got in. And that's the best thing about holidays, isn't it? You get in, just you're back to just housework straight away. It's like I've never been away. <laughs> you get all that money, all that fucking shit you have to go through, COVID tests and all that kind of bullshit, and we're just back to the grind to- already. Yeah, for the for the um, the privilege of being a week behind on your chores when you get home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking hell. All right, let's fucking get going, because like I said, we've got plenty of stuff to get into. Let's start with some great news first up. This is how long it's been since we've recorded. Everything we're going to talk about may seem it was happened about eight months ago. I swear to God it didn't. It's only been 10 days. But beautiful. Luke Prokop, the first openly gay player signed to an NHL contract in the Predators system. I fucking love this news. Fantastic to see all the support that came out. Good for him for feeling comfortable enough and happy enough and I guess, yeah, brave enough to to feel like he can do it. He's obviously happy within himself, which is good because I know it can be a a tough thing for people. I think I mentioned before that my wife's uh, sister is in a same-sex relationship and we all supported her completely, but it was still very hard for her to come out to the people that she cared about. So to come out on on a national level to uh, a national and international audience is uh, it must be really fucking tricky but good on the lad yeah to, you want to talk about fucking strength of character and shit in this dumbass sport like fucking hell I don't think you could ever question if, if he if he makes it to the league and he seems to be a promising prospect but if he makes it to the NHL fucking hell got to be the toughest geezer out there isn't he yeah I'll say Jesus yeah you talk about fucking mental fortitude fucking hell did you and it's it, oh, it's like you say it's it's good to see the 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 rallying around him from players from all around the league. It's not just like you know Roman Yossi sent out a tweet or people within the Predators organization. You know people left, right, and centre are coming out. The the only thing that gives me pause with the whole thing, and like yeah, it's, it is fantastic that Luke Prokop has done this. Here. The whole thing is fantastic, but fucking hell, I pray for a day where he doesn't have to come out. Do you know what I mean? Like where like where it's not a big thing. Yes. Yeah, obviously he's he's the first NHL adjacent player to do it. But fucking hell, we've got to get to a point as a society and a league individually where like alright, someone's gay, what does it matter? That's that's just just the the norm, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. The the best thing we can do for people who, you know, bisexual, gay, fucking you know, homosexual, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to be. And as you know, we're on this show, we are, you know, huge proponents of just be yourself, be happy and be who you want to be. The absolute best way that we know that society has finally sort of dealt with this and the people who need to fucking learn that people just want to be who they want to be is that it's not a thing and nobody cares. And that he just, hopefully five years down the line, a player a player's gay and it's just, it's not even news anymore because it's just a thing. And oh yeah, he's gay. Who gives a shit? <laughs> That's it. Nobody cares. Did you see... Did you see the uh, the news today about somebody gave him a very important... Did you see that he got a very important phone call from somebody? Luke Prokop did. Uh, no. Who, who, <laughs> who gave him a call? Fuck, this is mad. His agent, he had like three missed calls off his agent and then two missed calls off an assistant who works for his agent's agency. And then they got messages saying something like, oh, the phone's going to ring in about five, ten minutes. Make sure you answer it. So it was a European number. He answered the phone, and it was fucking Elton John. <laughs> Mate, I was going to joke and say, was it fucking Elton John? It was Elton John. <laughs> to say, like, you know, like, well done, congrats. You know, that's really awesome. Elton John has been, has been doing the rounds this week, hasn't he? Has fucking he? Calling out, well, uh, do, you, do you know the baby is, Dan, or are you too, too much of a normal person for that? I have no idea who the baby is. Yeah, he's some fucking, you know, flavour of the month rapper who's featuring on all the pop songs and all that, but... He he said some fucking homophobic shit at one of his gigs, and uh, yeah, Elton John stepped forward and you know, along with everyone else, Elton John came out and and condoned him for his his behaviour and his uh, his heinous, deplorable words. So yeah, fucking Elton dipping his dipping his fingers in all the pies. Fucking hell, Elton, dude. It, Luke, right? The Preds have to get Luke Prokop into at least one NHL game now and have Elton John be like Elton John do the anthem or something. <laughs> Drop the puck. Wheel out, wheel out his red piano and do the, uh, you know, God bless. What is it? Fucking not God bless America. What's it called? Star Spangled Banner. Uh, and then Star o, Spangled Banner. Yeah, and then O Canada on his uh, with his red piano. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly how we're gonna normalise homosexuality in the National <laughs> Hockey League. Every game that Luke, that you know Luke broke up or any future gay players that may enter the league play a game. You know, it's like a fucking playoff game in Vegas. Elton John's dropping the puck. We're playing Prince music every fucking uh, every every ad break. Yeah, that's that's exactly how we how we normalise it. Yeah, but I think I'm right because because what you got to do is the people who don't like it, you got to fucking ram it down the suckers' throats. <laughs> fucking make them like it. You don't like gay people in hockey, do you? Fuck you. Here's Elton John. Eat yeah, that. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fuck off. Here's Elton John, motherfucker. Here's the. Here's gangster Elton John. <laughs> Deal with that fucking shit. <laughs> that's what you got to do. Because I'd be like, fucking cool, Elton John, that's awesome. I won't be like, oh, fucking gay singer, oh my god, whatever next. <laughs> whatever next. Yeah, whatever next. <laughs> fucking gay singers, meh, at hockey games, this is stupid. <laughs> exactly. I, actually, quick aside, I said no asides, but I can't help myself. <laughs> I, I just got to say stuff sometimes. I went and saw Elton John in concert, right? Dude, like, on, he was yeah. fucking awesome. I'm honest to God. And oh, you don't, yeah, of course he was. I, I know, but you don't... Elton John was one of those guys who, if you if I said to you right in like a, like a speed test right you got thirty seconds name as many Elton John songs as you can, I don't know you probably get to like five or six and start to be thinking oh man I don't know there was that one with that guy in it and I but 
Honestly, God, dude, it was just two and a half hours of hit after hit after, and I knew every word to every song. I'm not even that big a fan, but I was thinking, fuck it, Elton John, go go see Elton John. But the, <laughs> it was without question this most sexual show I've ever been to. The second the second act starts, so he comes out and he's doing fucking crazy tunes and stuff, and then inflatables start blowing up on the stage. So there was two cherries and a banana placed in the way that yep, you would think yep. two cherries and a banana would be placed for that kind of thing. <laughs> and I'm, I swear to God, on a stack of Bibles, the biggest pair of inflatable tits I've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> were suspended from the ceiling. And as he's playing this song, people start kind of glancing up, and I'm thinking, the fuck is everyone looking at? Like, is there balloons or like a fireworks display like I'm not aware of or something? So I look up, and it's just a giant pair of inflatable tits. I mean, they were massive. And then, as he gets towards the end of the song, they start shooting out confetti. That's <laughs> like, fucking, this is excellent. It's fabulous. <laughs> tell you. Living live up to expectations. Absolutely, case. absolutely. So that's what we need in, H- in the NHL, you see. Suggestive fruits and giant inflatable boobies. <laughs> I think that that take us to the next level. That's what we need. Yeah, didn't, didn't that John own a he owned a owned a football club, didn't he? Yeah, Watford. He was the, he was the Watford owner. Yeah, yeah, of course. He and they. Uh, so we needed to get. He was in the um. He was in the crowd when they got to the FA Cup in like he was in like you know the owners box when they got to the FA Cup in I think eighty four something like around there. Oh fucking but, hell! Uh, but yeah, Elton John was there. Big Watford fan. All right, fucking hell! Of course we can go off onto Elton John. Of course we do. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, uh, we'll try and go in order if I can remember the order. Oh fuck me! The fucking Kraken draft was about as exciting as a fucking fart in a spacesuit. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, the issue was, was, I know it was COVID and everything, but with it being outside, it just looked like one of those you kind of get together with your mates in his back garden, but loads of people turn up. Yeah, I, I was I was baffled by it. It was a very odd. Very odd sort of setup, really. Like the celebrities they got in as well. Like, yeah, it's just fucking weird. I thought they should they should have got Fraser in to do one. They should have got Kelsey Grammer in because Fraser's Seattle. I mean, that would have made that made perfect sense to me. Or Niles, I don't know. <laughs> Niles, <laughs> no, <laughs> that'd have been great. I mean, <laughs> if if they could have had any, I mean, at least they got the celebrities they did because none of the fucking I've never heard of any of the hockey players that were fucking there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, the ones the ones that were there, I have, but the ones on the list, fucking hell, who the fuck is Nathan Bastian? Fucking, oh, who was that? Who was that fucking? Uh, who was the Philadelphia guy? Oh, Carson, Carson Turinsky. Turinsky, like, come on, yeah, this is this is fucking. Well, obviously everyone was. This is like a fucking three week old take at this point. Obviously everyone was really reticent to start dunking on this expansion draft. Especially with free agency right around the corner and stuff. After what had happened with Vegas. And, you know, everyone thinking they had a shit expansion draft and then go to the fucking final in their first year. But given the fact that we're three days into free agency now, I don't... What the fuck were they doing with that expansion draft? Like, I don't know. Yeah, all right, they left loads of cap space, but what? They're just throwing it away on fucking shit players. I mean, they're not all shit players. They're not exactly, you know, they're not exactly terrible, but there are some very choice decisions in there that are very odd. Very yeah, odd. Yeah, that's 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 the one, like, I don't want to jump around too much, but 
yeah, when you've when you've then given away what's the maths? What like eleven sixteen million dollars to in free agency to two average forwards and a goalie that I don't necessarily think is going to be a difference maker for a team of that quality. No, I agree. It's it's bizarre. Like not a yeah okay not a not a knock Philip Grubauer. And I think considering it's free agency, six years of five point nine for for the goalie of one of the best teams in in the league is fine. Okay, I expect that. But for an expansion team of that caliber that we're looking at, he ain't going to be behind that Colorado defense and forward core, is he? I think he's gonna. I'm sure he'll still be fine, but he's not gonna. He's not gonna be fucking Marc Andre Fleury for the Knights, is he? No, I think this is something we should do. I think we should dunk on them. I think we should dunk on this draft and <laughs> yeah, say how terrible it, it was. Because we're now going to go against the grain again, as we all want to do on this show, folks, as you may well know. I did like the fact that we kept saying the whole time, and I was guilty of this myself, it just appeared that was like, well, if we expose this shitty player on this fucking awful contract, Seattle are going to take him. <laughs> Seattle went, no, we're not taking him. He's fucking awful. We'll take this guy no one's ever heard of. So fuck you. But for them to not kind of make any side deals because they just kept thinking, well, there's no way they're going to let us take Yanni Gord or fucking Mark Giordano or fucking, I don't know, name anyone else you want. So we're going to get loads out of this like Vegas did. You should have at least got something. And they were asking for a first and a third to not take certain players. I mean, that is insane. You're never going to get that. At least with Vegas. I mean, okay, you kind of got Seattle were kind of unlucky because Vegas got those breaks and got those deals and Seattle weren't going to get them. But you should have at least got something like, okay, we'll take this guy, but give us a fourth or something like that. At least it's something. Instead, they come out of it with nothing, like no side deals, which is insane. Well, there there was that side deal for um, Tyler Pitlick. Oh, and yeah. And they but... got a second for Vite Vanishek. You know what I mean. Sending him back to the Capitals. That was fine. <laughs> but no, you're you're absolutely right. And that's why going into free agency and doing the deals that they've done for Grubauer, Schwartz and Wenberg, it's like pick a pick a fucking lane. They they passed up on good players, if you ask me. You know, players that okay, the the uh cap hits might not be ideal but they're still players that will contribute and get you into the playoffs. In you know, which which is a fine thing to do. If they were gonna just take these shit players and ride and die with them and try and get high picks in the next couple of drafts, perfect. A plus, good idea. But it's like they're they're split personality, aren't they? They're taking all these shit players in the expansion draft, not going anything out of it for avoiding the decent players that were available, and they're now just trying to plug their holes in fucking free agency. It's like what what does Jaden Schwartz offer this fucking expansion team with where Mark Giordano is their best player? No, yeah. no disrespect to Mark Giordano, but he's 30 fucking six and he's on an expiring deal. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. No, I agree completely. It was like they were going to weaponize their cap space and then went, ah, oh, we'll just spend it. Yeah, the, the weaponizing was uh, loading it to shoot barrels of money into fucking Chris Trigger's bank account. Yeah. It, it was like, yeah, it was like they were going to weaponize the cap space and then the day after forgot about that and then just started signing loads of free agents to like kind of bigish money deals. So, you know, they, what I think the kind back of back on it now is, is the major difference 
between Vegas going into their expansion draft and, uh, and Seattle. Like management? <laughs> well, yeah, specifically. Look at look at the fucking GMs. Yep. Fucking, yeah. Fucking... Uh, what's his name? Ron Francis. Ron Francis. He's, he's basically two years out of being fired from being in the league for being incompetent <laughs> and, you know, harbouring a fucking racist, but that's another another question. Whereas at least at least George McPhee had like a few years fucking un, out of the wilderness, out in the wilderness, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Just looking, it's, if you just go to their team and look at it, yeah, they've got a couple of good players there, but they're already, I don't know, they're already built like a very average NHL team. And when you come in with a clean slate, you think, well, okay, we'll just we'll either go one way or the other. We'll try and get all the absolute best players we can, or we get loads of shitters, have fucking tons of cap space and weaponize it. And they kind of drafted half players that no one's heard of, who I guess are I don't know, maybe they'll do something. And then the other half were just all names, regardless of kind of how good they were or not. Very peculiar. Very peculiar. The names they took, I don't mind. Like Jordan Eberle, great. Yanni Gord, great. Yannis Donskoy, great. Good players to take. But yeah, it's it's that one foot in, one foot out sort of approach that they've taken that just baffles me. Yes. Vegas weren't, like we we said, the Vegas thing wasn't a, okay, we've got, like the Vegas thing wasn't, okay, we've got secrets about these players. I believe that they took all those players thinking, all right, they're just players and we'll just take them. Well, you know, we made these side deals, we'll see what happens. And then, crazily, they actually gelled. And then they had those side deals to then go and get like a Mark Stone or a fucking Patrick or whatever. And they had those uh, those younger draft pieces that they could do those deals with. Whereas Seattle are kind of, they're, they're neither of those things. And I think like the Vegas thing was they got lucky when they came together and they just gelled immediately as a team. Whereas to me, like you said, this is half in, half out. They're, they're not sure what they are or what they want to do. When you look at the uh, top of cap friendly, it says general manager on Francis, head coach Dave Haxtell. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess this draft kind of makes sense. was on the wall, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess this draft kind of makes sense in a way. And I guess this wool is... Uh, we'll, uh, do we do that next? Oh, let's do the draft. All right. We'll do the draft. We'll, we'll come back after a break and do the draft. We'll... Uh, We'll start with that because because we will. Fucking it's fucking, hell. Yeah, it's important to do. Yeah, it's important. Well, I don't want to end on that because uh, I'd rather end laughing at uh, laughing at Jim Benning again. So, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> shall, we, uh, shall we start the show, Will? Oh, go on then. Let's get into it. As always, we are brought to you by the fine folks at Wave Intel. The expansion draft has happened. Free agency has been nuts. There is no better place or resource to use than Wave Intel to tell you if your GM is an idiot for overpaying people, which to be fair, most of them probably are, or not for getting a good deal on somebody. Use Wave Intel to get all the knowledge you need. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Check out the Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. 
and we're on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Smart Speakers, anywhere else you can listen to a podcast. Leave us a nice review. It helps a lot. Tell your friends if you like the show, because if you do, you might make us get more listeners, which is kind of the point, isn't it? All right, then. So we'll obviously give our opinions on the uh, Logan Mayu draft and the Habs. Uh, where to start? Oh, my God. I uh, Yeah, I'll, I, I'm going to echo what every other person has said, which is this is such a stupid, dumb idea. It's completely tone deaf. I feel terrible for the young lady who was the victim of this because if this, if he hadn't been drafted, she wouldn't have to be going through all this again. He obviously made his statement, so it was kind of out there, but it wasn't that big a story. I mean, it was it was a story. I'm not saying it wasn't a story. It was a story, but the second he got drafted, it just became the story of the draft. Nobody gave a shit about any other player in the draft. Nothing else got reported on. Owen Power went first to the Sabres. Great. Who cares? We have to talk about the pick at number 31 instead. To be fair, it's the fucking draft. Who fucking knows? We say this every year. We never do draft. Like <laughs> We never report on the draft, do we? Because we're just like, I don't fucking know. Who knows? I give a shit. After after pick like <laughs> I've, three. I've got these fucking kids. Yeah, after pick go three. fucking Corey Froman article if you want to know that in the draft. Yeah, after pick three. Who fucking knows? Nobody. Um, but but Especially yeah. this draft, though, mate. Yeah, even more so this draft. If anybody if anybody out there did an actual draft deep dive after the draft, fucking Godspeed to you. Godspeed to you because you're doing the fucking Lord's work. But um Yeah, this I fucking I have no idea. I have no idea what the fuck they were thinking. After he says, do not draft me. Now, I am not gonna give him ugh, it's it's so fucking shit that in hockey for somebody to get to level zero, we then have to say, well, at least he apologized and tried to do something about it. For like for like 10 seconds, I read his statement and I was like, you know what? Good on him. At least he's doing that. It's something. And I was thinking, hang on a minute. What the fuck am I thinking? What's wrong with me? Why am I giving him credit for doing the absolute base minimum that should be expected? But we do because... Well, it's- this is hockey, and this is what happens. It's because we want to try and give some, you know, try and find some goodness in this. And how, you know, when when what's happened has happened, where one of the more divisive organisations in the sport at the moment anyway, you know, a team that was linked with Tony D'Angelo, you know, have, have end up fucking drafting him, with showing basically no remorse yeah you kind of have to not give credit to the to Malu, but yeah it's like alright he he did what he could his end to not make it a story and yeah like fucking hell in the first fucking round the first the first round you're you're picking someone who's who's under investigation for sexual offences like no he was charged he's charge. not even under investigation he was well, charged he was charged he was charged yeah. Oh no, I'm thinking of the other. I'm thinking of the other uh, oh, national right. hockey yeah, player, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, national yeah, yeah. hockey player who is currently un- under investigation for yes for sexual assault. It's hard. To, it's hard to keep track. You see, Dan, when you've got so many players in a league that stresses character above anything else, uh, it, 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 you know, that are on, that are involved in 
you know, sexual offences. It's it's hard to tell them apart sometimes. It really is. Yeah, they like to say that they like to say that there are guys who are good in the room, but not if that room has got women in it. I think is the uh, the issue sometimes. If you ever hear about complaints about fucking character issues about players in the National Hockey League ever again, don't believe it. Do not believe it at all. It's not. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. In a week where yeah, Logan Mayu has been fucking drafted in the first round, where <laughs> Jake Vertanen has been bought out. And everyone is claiming that it has nothing to do with his ongoing charges of sexual assault, where Tony D'Angelo is being reinstated into the league by a team that harboured Bill Peters, known racist. None of it is to do with character issues. If it ever comes out that a player has character issues, it's more likely than not to be the Dougie Hamilton type where he doesn't actually have any fucking character issues and isn't, isn't a frothing at the mouth racist. We've we've heard that this guy likes to go to museums by himself. You fucking what? Are you fucking joking what me? What dickhead? What an absolute fucking loser, dickhead! And he's going to come into our fucking clubhouse? Oh, not a chance, mate. Not a chance. I'm not having some fucking museum lover coming in here. What is he? A fucking puff? No, oh, I'm not having that. No fucking way. No, yeah. This guy's on fucking. What was that shitty right wing fucking Twitter thing that Tony was Tony D was going on about? What was it called? And it got shut down. What a parlor. Parlor, that was it. <laughs> fucking parlor. People going on fucking, yeah, doesn't matter. This guy's on parlor. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah. What did they talk about on there? Oh, you know, it's all a fucking Zionist conspiracy. Jews are to blame. Shouldn't be allowing blacks doing stuff. It's, you know, the fucking election was rigged. Oh, okay. Yeah, but can he shoot the puck? Yes, he can. Interesting. Very interesting. I've said this a million times. Yeah. yeah, I've said this a million times, people. And I will keep repeating it until I'm blue in the face. Nothing, I'll say it again in capitals, nothing is more important to a hockey club than can you play quite well. There is nothing more important to a hockey team than can you play quite well. That's it. That's all they care about. And I'll say this for the millionth time as well. Hockey franchises do not care about you. They do not care about you. They just, all they care about is their bottom line and is their team better. It's got nothing to do with how people are in real life. And look, I am not going to... We're not going to get into the whole Tony D'Angelo thing right away because we'll get into that um, next week. But that's the perfect example. The perfect example. Logan Mayu is the perfect example. A lad says, do not draft me. The Canadians get to 31 and go, fucking hell, this lad's still here, but he's really good. <laughs> yeah, he is. All right, fuck it, we'll take him. And then we'll just, you know, well, the chips can fall where they may. And that's it. That's all it's, they care about. It's, it's a sentiment I know we've discussed, you know, before, and and the the girls over at Saucy Rockets podcast were pointing out this week after everything that's fucking gone down. It ain't a right. I don't give a fuck how good of a hockey player you are. It's not a right to play in the NHL. Yeah, and not to put the NHL up on some sort of pedestal or whatever, because it's not. You know, it's not like getting into a fucking. It's not like getting into Mensa or anything that you should. <laughs> be proud of as a human being. <laughs> no shit. But but it is not a right. It is not a right. And the sooner that we sort of enact that as a policy, you know, if, as soon as we start turning away, as soon as we start, start turning away players that have done wrong and aren't European, <laughs> Slava Voinov. Funny how yeah. Slava Voinov didn't get back in the league and yet uh, Tony D'Angelo did. Um, as soon as we start doing that, holding up actual character standards to these players 
that's that's when we can start being proud of this league again. And until that actually fucking happens, um, we can't. Absolutely. This is, what this is, the Logan Mayu thing especially, is you are, and this is coming from a parent as I've sort of seen this kind of thing in action, you are positively reinforcing negative actions. I'm not going to name names, but me and Sarah were at a holiday park with one of our friends. And she was a single mum and she was struggling. And she was, t- and it's fucking, like my mum was a single mum. It's fucking hard work. And she said to me, she said, how do you get your daughter to do everything you say? Because Georgia does. I only have to, I've said before, I just have to give her the dad look. And she's like, oh shit. And she knows straight away. And I said, because I never, ever lose my word against her. If I say something's happening, it happens. What happened was, two days before, we were sat having a meal at this place. And this mum said to her, her child, she said, if you do that again, we're not going in the, um, the playhouse area after. The kid did it two or three more times. And then because the mum was fucking knackered and wanted a break, they went to the pool, uh, the, the playhouse area. And I said to her, I said, if that was me, I don't care how tired I was, I would have taken George home and would have just gone to bed. And I said this to Sarah the whole time we were having, like when we had Georgia the first time. I said, there's going to be a time where something's going to happen and I'm going to say to Georgia, you do that again and we're going home. And it's going to really, really fucking inconvenience us. I said, but I will do it. When you draft a player who A, has been committed of a sexual crime and B, then says don't draft me because I'm not mature enough, when you then draft that player, what do you think that says to other young guys? I'm not saying all young hockey players are going to do this. Clearly I'm not. Clearly he is... It's a very small minority of players who ever do this kind of thing. I understand that. And I'm not trying to say that they're all terrible. But the reason you get players like this in the league is because that you positively enforce negative actions. Is that when they do something shitty or they're a complete cunt, you will then still give that player a job. How many times have we said this? And it's not just NHL, it's all sports in general. If you did that in real life, you would get fired. But apparently, because you can do, you can put a certain apparatus through a certain area, you are therefore exempt of punishment. And like you just said, and like the girls at Saucy Rocket said, until we start actually punishing people for things that should be in a character-driven league, it's never going to change. It's never going to change. No, no, because why would it? Why would it? And it's especially frustrating where skill level between a lot of you know, like I say, bottom of the lineup and top of the lineup AHL players are is not that great. They aren't. It doesn't. It it doesn't excuse it. But if they had the number one overall pick and they were picking fucking Connor McDavid too, I could understand it more. This is this is end of the first round pick. Whoever went at thirty two overall isn't necessarily isn't going to be leagues worse than Logan Mayu on paper. Do you know what I mean? This wasn't a, a can't-miss prospect, which, again, does not excuse it, even if it was. But it doesn't make any fucking sense. Why would you Why would you bring this upon yourself? Well, because he can shoot the puck quite well, Will. And he, is, you know, he has uh, hockey skills. That's why. Yeah, but there's other players in the draft who can do all those things and aren't fucking sharing revenge porn around their scummy little mates. I mean, you do have a fair point. Where was he? I'm just checking. Where was he predicted to go? Oh, I have no idea. I, I think I think a lot of people had excluded them from their predictions even before he precluded uh, okay. himself from the draft. I was wondering if he was predicted to go sort of tenth or eleventh or something before the draft, and obviously, no, um, 
I don't know. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at... I was kind of... I don't know if you knew or not, but I was looking around for um, sort of pre-statement draft projections to see, and I couldn't find anything. It was all sort of after the fact, so... It doesn't fucking matter, It's, it's it? a moot point, isn't it? Like, yeah, he's, he's still a piece of shit, isn't he? Uh, I've said this before as well. Hockey teams can do this because, unfortunately, nobody outside of the hockey bubble cares about hockey. And that's why people like this will still be drafted or guys like fucking Tony will still get a job because it's such a niche sport, even in its own, even in the country where most of the teams play, 75% of the teams play, it's still a massively niche sport. And I get it. It will make, it will make the news a little bit. Hockey GMs and management and fucking front office and all that kind of thing, they know that they can pretty much do whatever they want. And I've said this because I've said this before as well. Nobody really cares about hockey. You do because you're listening to this show. You're listening to two idiots talk about hockey. So you clearly care about yeah, you're hockey. A, you're a freak. Yeah, yeah. You've clearly got problems. We clearly have problems, but you know, we don't hide from that. We know we have problems. But I'd rather I'd rather we're on this side of the of the um kind of of the reporting and, and I will at least we talk about it and we will put it out there and we will say this is a bad idea and a stupid idea. I like the fact that we can at least do that and put our point out there. Obviously, Jeff Molson since made a statement, hasn't he? God. <laughs> and when did he release it, folks? When did he release it? Just it's as free agency was starting. Yeah, minutes into free agency. Yeah, just as it was starting. Just as it was starting. An absolute classic from the uh, from the desk of Boris Johnson there and Tony Blair. A nice little, uh, nice little Friday. Basically, a nice little Friday afternoon news dump where you've got the whole weekend for everyone to just go. Hang on a minute, what? I'm not going to read this whole statement. You can find it in, in various places. And and that's the other thing as well. Why did it take this long for this statement to come out? Because the Canadians found out that the sponsors were pissed off. That's why. All because of money. That's the only reason. Because sponsors said, if he fucking turns up this year and he's not punished properly, we will not be sponsoring you. So clearly Mr. Molson and his fucking cronies all got together and thought, oh shit, we better put out a statement. And obviously when the fucking PM's chiming in as well, not exactly a good look for your team. I wouldn't say so, no. <laughs> so, so, I, yeah, what, what, yeah, what, what else can you say? Like, fucking hell. It's, and this is, this is where I don't understand it. Like, why, why do it? Why put yourself into a position where you have to, you have to, you have to send your fucking head scout out the minute after you've picked him? dripping flop sweat like Ted from Oh, did you hear scrubs. that fucking interview? Oh my god. Geezer, Geezer clearly didn't have a fucking clue they were going to pick him. Oh my god. Oh, and the then, fucking reporter said to him. And send a letter oh. out apologising and making up a bunch of bullshit about the choice part of that letter from Molson for me is this little paragraph where he says we will, we will let our actions speak louder than our words. <laughs> Mate, Mate, the only reason you're sending this fucking letter is because of your shitty fucking actions. Right. It's our fucking joke. <laughs> Fuck me. I repeat, our actions will speak louder than our words. I'm reading this using words because of your dumb fucking actions. So, Mr. Molson, do you understand the uh, the word ironic there? Are you Alanis Morissette in disguise? Fucking hell. Oh my God. Our actions it's, will speak louder than our words. It's offensive. It's utterly offensive. And it's stuff like that, that almost makes me think, like, yeah, they, they know they can just fucking get away with whatever they want. Like, they can. They can. Well, that's, that's until sponsors lip get service. involved. Pure until lip spon- service. Yeah. yeah, until sponsors get involved. 
And then it's well, actually, oh, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll release a statement. The worst thing is about this. The worst thing is about this. If they, if if he hadn't gone drafted, and then he'd been in the draft next year, yes, the story would have been there. The second he reports to training camp now, the second he turns out for his AHL team, the second he gets to NHL if he makes it, that fucking girl is going to have to go through it every single time. Every single time fucking Mayu makes the next step in his career, which he will, she's going to have to fucking go through it again and again and again. And that's why, that's why it's a fucking huge issue. Because they have just, they, this will just keep getting brought up every single time Logan Mayu does something now. Any... And and also, and again, I am not trying to like give this lad credit, but even I think the Habs here may have fucked any chance he even has of any kind of redemption. That this girl may even at some point say, "All right, I'll fucking look, I'll let it go, and I will forgive you." That's all gone because of them, because of their decision to draft him. And it's and you know what? I think the league has to take a little bit of criticism as well. Just say to teams, listen. Under no fucking circumstances do you take this player. I'm like, oh, fuck me. Uh, sorry, fucking, did you hear Batman's interview the other day? Yeah. Oh, what on Sirius XM? Oh, fucking serious. Well, as a father of two daughters, I'm absolutely appalled at what they did. Gaz, fucking Batman, again, with his classic, I mean, what can we do? I mean, seriously, what am I going to do? I mean, what can I do? I'm just one guy. If only, <laughs> if only like Emperor of the League could have done anything to stop him. If only I, the pole part of the National Hockey League, could have done something. I mean, what what can I do? <laughs> Fuck me, Gaz. You're so the, tone deaf. The worst part of that is like that we have examples from other major leagues in the same fucking country where you can exclude players from being drafted or dr- players can opt out, yeah, whatever you want to call it, opt out of being drafted like at short notice. I think the NBA draft is like you have seven days before the draft to opt out. The Major League Baseball draft, you can do it like forty-eight hours before. Yeah. So, and and even if there wasn't any precedent, the geezer is has been arrested for sexual offences. It's not. It's like we've said before with you know setting a new precedent. To set the precedent. Like you don't you don't have to fucking have a previous example to run things by. Just because something hasn't happened before doesn't mean that you can't and shouldn't make the change to to. Be better. It's like Just the whole rule thing we've said before. Well, yeah. Batman. Batman's always like, "Well, what am I going to do?" There's a rule book. Well, we, you know, <laughs> we'll change the rule book then. Well, no one's above the rule book, <laughs> even me. <laughs> okay, guys, what the fuck are you doing then? Let's let's chuck the uh, chuck, chuck the forward pass out as well then while we're at it. Yeah, yeah. I fuck. It, I tell you, dude, this league it really fucking tests you sometimes. Really tests you. Let's get to. The beautiful Chicago Blackhawks. Of course. Five minutes later, fucking hell, doesn't Five minutes later. The NHL's just most fantastically inclusive team where they show all the fabulous women that they have in their employ, which was, honestly, when I saw that fucking image, Bowman stood there, I laughed out loud in a kind of, this is one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen in my entire life. It, I, I got, it made me audibly laugh. Not like a typical text, lol. No, I literally, I literally LOL'd because I was just, and then I just sat there shaking my head. Like, this is so fucking for show and pathetic and sad that you fucking have to do this. It would be fucking a sad hell. thing to do, even if. Yeah, anyway. They were. 
<laughs> even if they weren't a team, again, under investigation for fucking sexual abuse, allegations of sexual abuse. But uh, the thing that confused me about it is like, what what are they trying to get at by, by saying, look, we've got a bunch of women who work for us? Because the allegations are about a male video coach sexually assaulting male players. It's like, okay, all right, you've made a safe environment for women to work. You've, you do have to protect everyone. It's not just women who are victims of sexual assault, Stanley. It's just the fucking, like, where it was where it was so transparent what they were trying to get at. Oh, God. And then what they were trying to get at was fucking dumb. It's like, what, what is happening? What is yeah. fucking happening? What is your point here? <laughs> what do those women represent? I don't get it. Look, a man in our employ could never have sexually assaulted another man in our employ because there were women. See? Look behind me. Many women. <laughs> Therefore, a same-sex assault could never have happened. Might what? I bring, might I bring your attention to uh, Activision Blizzard standby men and if you go on there. <laughs> yeah, check it out, it's... people. Quite a uh, interesting fucking thing. God, it's like it's it's one thing after another with this fucking league. Now you got Jake Vitano on the side as well. It's Tony D'Angelo. Like how how is is this the cost? Is this the price that people are having to pay for an exciting off season? <laughs> the hockey gods, right? The hockey gods went. Oh, you want fun, do you? Well, fuck you then. Fine, <laughs> here you go. There's a price to pay for fun and having lots of people move around for stupid amounts of money. How about we throw in some sexual allegations as well? It's, and it's players like getting were... drafted who shouldn't be. The other thing about Logan Melou, Melou, sorry, how have you how have you pronounced the fucking criminal's name? It, I, don't, I don't want to go on it any longer than we have to. But who who's the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, Dan? Who who drafted this sexual sex offender? That would be it's, one, Mister Mark Bergevin. Mark, Mark Bergevin. Um, the team, you know, under investigation for for enabling and uh, concealing uh, details of of sexual assault twenty yeah eleven years ago, are the Chicago Blackhawks right? And and where did where was Mark Bergevin working in two thousand and ten? That's it. He was now, working for the Chicago Blackhawks. So yeah, that is maybe, just the yeah, fucking yeah. cherry on top to show that this league does not give a fuck about what its members do to each other. Be it be it assaulting each other on the ice, be it assaulting each other off the ice, assaulting other members of staff, Mike Babcock, Bill Peters, Mark Burge Van, fucking Stan Bowman, any of the players who are the the multitudes of players who are involved in shit like this it's a fucking joke. It's a free-for-all. It's a law unto themselves. They do not give a shit and never learn from their actions, no matter how many times they're called out. Not only not only assaulting all those people, assaulting members of the public as well. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's fine. You know, like I said, all they care about is, can you skate? That's all they care about. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. We, we can uh, all agree, at least, the only time that assaulting people is funny is when it's done with a shoe. I mean, yeah, that kind of was funny. <laughs> Seeing people get hit with clothes is kind of funny. That's, that's that's a whole lot funnier than the very dark shit that's happened since then. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> Milbury sat there now, going, "See, I'm not that bad. I just hit a, I hit a man with a shoe. Come on, dearie, dearie me. <sighs> All right, there's the crappy stuff out of the way. 
Fucking hell. This this season more than any was I tell you, it's been a fucking season and a half of shitty stuff. Let's try and move on from that. Alright, some trades and deals and things. Some uh I, I feel there was kind of two or three teams that we had to talk about and then a couple of deals we had to talk about on this bit because they were kind of too bad. I know we talked about Seattle before and kind of how they didn't weaponize their cap space. Fucking shout out to the Arizona Coyotes for actually weaponizing and using their, I guess, like $80 million of free cap space that they apparently have to actually do something. Good on fucking Bill Armstrong for just saying, you know what? Fuck it. We're useless. This is an absolute fire sale. When you read off what they've done, it's actually fucking impressive. And I like this a lot. They gave up Aiden Hill, a seventh, future considerations, Oliver Edmund Larson, Connor Garland, a 2022 seventh, a 2023 seventh, Lane Pedersen, and Darcy Kemper. And they got in return, as I go back down to my list, a 2022 second, a conditional 2023 third, a conditional 2022 second, a 2021 second, Andrew Ladd, a 2022 seventh, a 2022 second, Shane Goss Despair, a 2023 seventh, a 2022 second, a 2021 first, the ninth overall pick, Lou Erickson, Jay Beagle, Anton Roussel, a 2021 seventh, Anton Strollman, Vladislav Kolyachunok, I think, a 2024, that's an NHL 21 pick if ever I've seen one, second rounder, a 2024 fourth, Connor Timmins, a 2022 first, and a 2024 conditional third. You know what? I'm going to give Bill Armstrong a ton of credit. Their draft pick image on Cap Friendly is hilarious. I love it. Yeah, they've had to, they've had to fucking um, wrap the text on that second round for 2022. <laughs> yeah, five they've picks. got five, five, five second round picks. You could trade all five Excellent of those work. for the first overall pick, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it, like I said, NHL 2021, three of those would get you a first rounder for sure. I it's, love it. It's, it's, an, it's an incredible, impeccable bit of, bit of business. Really is. Really is. I mean, there are still masses of issues with that organisation, but for for a brand new GM in Bill Armstrong, brand new second year because he was he was in charge last year, wasn't he? Second year, I think. Yeah, or like halfway year. through the year. I, I think know, this is way. his first full summer. Yeah, it could be. That's a heck of a heck of a way to do it, especially when you when you factor in that on the NHL roster at the moment. <laughs> Signed for 2022-23, they've got four forwards two and two D-men. And that's it, six players. That's <laughs> fucking beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. That is really... If, if you want a fucking candidate for GM of the year who isn't going to get it, Bill Armstrong, sign me up. I was, was going to say, I was wondering about... Um, I think there's clearly two teams who are just full-on, okay, this is, this is the tank. Because who's on the horizon? A young Mr. Shane Wright is on the horizon. And when you look at that uh, Arizona's goalies are Carter Horton and Joseph Coronar <laughs> making a combined Ooh. one and a half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> making a combined one and a half million. And they've got basically all of Vancouver's shitty offcuts. The uh, the Coyotes are fully in on these uh, on these sweepstakes. But yeah, just fucking great work. Good for them. Good on him. Love it. Talk about talk about flushing out the shit like that's fucking yeah impeccable work. Of course, linked in with the Coyotes was Vancouver. We got to talk about okay. I know this is I know this is a been a kind of Vancouver podcast at times this year, but 
<laughs> for, good, for good reason. <laughs> for good reasons. Okay, so initially, right, initially, I didn't mind that that first big trade. The Coyotes-Vancouver trade, I didn't hate it because I'm kind of, I've kind of turned around to thinking, you know what, OEL, different scene. I think there's that kind of, you know, like like we said before about certain players, you go to work every day thinking, oh, fuck off, I'm still here. You can't be happy to play there. Maybe a fresh coat of paint, New Jersey, new area. Maybe he'll feel better. I like Connor Garland, and they got rid of a shit ton of, like, crappy pieces they didn't need. Yeah, they gave up the 2021 first, but that's the price of doing business. They've got a, good, a lot of good young players anyway, so Vancouver does have that kind of youth in the system, so it's not terrible. I didn't hate that deal. I really didn't. But of course, Jim just can't fucking help himself, can he? Can't help himself. Do you know, like, before. <laughs> so he signs Connor Garland to a five year, $5 million deal. Then he goes into free agency. Sorry, re signs Travis Hamanick, who is awful, for two years at $3 million. Then gives Tucker Pullman, Tucker Pullman, four years at $2.5 million, right? Well, you know, a month ago when we were saying. They've somehow got to sign Pettersson and Hughes, and they've only got $15 million to do it. After all his wheeling and dealing, they now only have $14 million. They're now in a worse position <laughs> than they were after they, after they offloaded Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel, and Louis Erickson. How is that possible? It's a worse position and, and for a longer-term commitment. It's it's fucking it's utterly insane. Like if yeah, on paper if you if you told me oh Benny managed to trade yeah you know, the Beagle, Roussel and Ericsson deals in one hit, I'd say you're fucking you fucking lost your mind. That's never gonna happen. That's that's dreamland shit. But yeah, I'm, I'm on I'm on the other side of the fence to you, mate. Like all right, OEL isn't the worst defenseman in the league, but for that hit and through the end of twenty six twenty seven. And for the Vancouver Canucks, who need that money freed up for better defensemen and better players, like that's bad. He should have just taken that. It's and it's a sign of GMs only thinking year to year, thinking I've got to keep my job for this year, and then go from there. Because for the betterment of the franchise as a whole, moving forward, it'd have been better to just suck it up for another year. What's one more year of Roussel, Beagle, and Ericsson when you fucking? done the last three with them what's one more year to then just be free of it and now they're, they're looking like the opposite of the fucking coyotes at the moment got a bunch of players signed for next season still players that they don't fucking want on that roster and and long after that tucker pullman one is a fucking disgrace like utter dude. disgrace dude good for him He's, man good for him power, power to him but power fuck to him. fucking christ in, in what world does Tucker Pullman... How does he command two and a half million dollars for four years? I have years? no idea. The Geese have no idea. one full NHL season. <laughs> and he's because been, he plays in Vancouver. Well, he play, he played in Winnipeg. Nuts. He was playing in Winnipeg, which would be even oh, no, more reason to stay, stay clear of him. They, they traded for Jason Dickinson, who's an RFA. So, as yet, unsigned. Elias Patterson, as yet, unsigned. Ollie Ulevi, as yet, unsigned. Quinn Hughes has yet unsigned. And Kel McCarr just got... What did Kel McCarr just get? Eight million? Nine million? Uh, he got nine, didn't he? He got nine. So, <laughs> you know that Quinn Hughes is looking at that going, all right, I'm not worth nine, but I'm worth nine to you lot. 
because you need me. I'm not being funny. You look at all the demon assigned recently. Oh, dude, it's a fucking... It's nuts. He's getting 8 million, at least. Or else he's... Yes. His agent should be fucking fired into the sun. Hey, like Skinner, I said to you... 8.4, Seth Jones 9.5, oh, yeah. McCarr 9 dead, Hamilton 9 dead, Zach Wierenski's just done 9.5. Dude, Wierenski like, got 9.5 today. Every what? man in his dog gets fucking... If you've heard of an NHL defenseman, he's getting 9 million, which is which is madness to me. Yeah. The third line guys are getting like two and a half, three million, which is fucking crazy. There are some fucking. The mad thing about this free agency period so far for me, not to bounce around too much, but like the RFAs are getting bad contracts as well. Like, yeah, I know. It's yeah, but at least we expect it in Vancouver. Yeah, like that. I don't like that Connor Garland deal all that much. Like Connor Garland's a good yeah, me player. Neither. But again, me neither. Like, yeah. Three he's three seasons in, and he's a forty point guy. Like, yeah, he's got room to grow, but he's twenty five. You'll give him five years at four point nine to a twenty five year old who's who's basically played two full seasons. Like, <laughs> when you've I, still got four RFAs to sign, two of which are Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. That's the thing. Like, he's yeah, <laughs> he's a luxury at that price. Like, it's not. Oh, it's fucking crazy, oh, mate. It's crazy. He's, Jim Benning does a fantastic job of like flitting in and out of deserving to be fired ten minutes ago and then somehow being everyone forgetting and then going straight back into it. Yeah. What do you think of what the uh, how about this then? How about Rasmus Ristolainen lining up in front of Martin Jones for the Philadelphia Flyers? <laughs> I, th- I think that um Chuck Fletcher is now my favourite GN in the league. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, what I just mentioned the Sabres. I just mentioned the Sabres and the Canucks are tanking. Clearly, the Flyers are tanking as well. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> they're doing fucking something. How, how are you trading for Ryan Ellis and Rasmus Ristolainen in the same off season? I've got no idea. I got no idea. It's, and Ristolainen, I just crazy, what are it? they thinking? They gave up a first. For Ristolainen, did you see all of his? He was last place, last place in all. It was something like all of the five versus five models, or something like that. He was last in every single one. That's fucking crazy. I mean, like, okay, give them a little bit of credit. They've at least done something and not just come back with the same team. But dude, I don't hate the Keith Yandel thing either. But then you supplant that, then and you add Martin Jones, who has been awful. Awful. Martin Jones is the guy who's meant to be helping Carter Hart not end up like sputtering out his career at an early stage. Martin Jones? How how is Martin Jones getting two million dollars at this stage? How? How? Being being responsible for for making um (laughs) making Eric Carlson look like a bad player and he's he's just getting (laughs) fucking paid out of the nose. He's getting two million. Just shows, you know. If if you know if you know what you're doing if you're a, if, if you're a known quantity if you're on last year's NHL game then you can get paid two million dollars. I understand there's a community that don't like analytics. I get that, but there are some players who are beyond analytics that are just you know this you have to know this player is just bad. It's got nothing to do with analytics. I saw a fantastic quote on Twitter yesterday that. Somebody posted about, and this is something we'll talk about next time, the fucking, the new Oilers decor, which is just, 
<laughs> like all their war projections. Fucking hell. So bad. So bad. And all the numbers they put up are just terrible. And people are quote tweeting people. People are quote tweeting these analytical this analytical data saying, Oh yeah, I love you guys who post numbers, think they know what they're talking about. They're just posting figures. They're not making it up. They're just telling you what these players did and how bad they were. That's part of the analytical pushback that I don't get. When the facts and figures are right in front of you, how can you look at them and go, Martin Joe's save percentage? Yeah, we'll go with that. Like, what are you thinking? Behind Rasmus Ristolainen and a fucking soon-to-be 35-year-old Keith Yandel. What? I love, uh, I love, did you see the Ristolainen quote about uh, coming to Philadelphia? No idea. Go on. He was saying something like, oh, I want to be, I want to be a prick. I want to be an arsehole. I want everyone to, to hate me because it's going to be so physical. Like, buddy, you, you're earning five and a half million dollars against the cap. You ain't coming into to be fucking Luke Wachowski. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, not sure. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were go going on. to say, like, Rasmus, you're going to Philadelphia. Give it two weeks. They will hate you. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Your own fans will hate you. You've got nothing to worry about. certainly will. Yeah. Like, and, and, uh, this is the beauty of, of the offseason. Like, Philadelphia, for me, hats off to them. Like, they've made some, some aggressive moves that, like, yeah, some of them might be stupid, but at least they're fucking doing something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I can't argue with that. Like, at least uh, it's fun. Voracek for Cam Atkinson, um, cutting bait on Nolan Patrick. All Goss of Despair. Yeah, Gost- oh yeah, Gost Despair as well. I mean, yeah, the Gost Despair thing for me, like, if you're, <laughs> you're giving away Shane Gost Despair free just so you can get Rasmus Ristolainen, like, for for an overpay of a first and a second, like, yeah, that's... <laughs> but, but still, like, it's, oh, it's entertaining. It. It's entertaining, you got to love it. I say, you got to love it. Dude, they're going to be so fun to watch this year. I can't wait till we do our like little season preview we do every year. It's going to be fucking fascinating. I, I feel like I've cursed the Flyers ever since I picked them as like an outside cup favorite. <laughs> it's just been fucking yeah, you did nonsense. I was like, what, from like, here on out, was that the first the first season preview we ever did? You were like, the Flyers could do something, and I was like, all right, <laughs> nope, bad, bad, bad. Oh, oh, yeah, she's been God. diabolical ever since. Yeah, why is uh? Why is Seth Jones making nine and a half million dollars a year? Because he's a he's a defenseman, and as we just said, Dan, like that's that's what defensemen make now. That's the the you've heard of the league minimum. It's the D man minimum now. Got to be nine million. I because we cause, gave. Sorry, go on. I see the question. Sorry. It's just because Stan Bowman's fucking lost his mind. Clearly, we gave Ken Holland a ton of shit the other week for making a trade where he clearly lost the trade when he was the only person involved in the trade, basically. And then Stan Bowman just returns the favor that Seth Jones pretty much made it clear, I really, uh, yeah, Chicago. And that's the only reason that, that Chicago got Caleb Jones in the Duncan Keith deal, was to sweeten the pot a bit. So Seth Jones would be like, oh yeah, it could be cool, cool like to play with my brother. And they give up one of their good prospects, two firsts and a second? Not, not just Jesus. one of their good prospects, like fucking hell. Um... Adam Bochrist is is going to be a player. Yeah, he is. He already, he already is, arguably. Like, give it, I wouldn't be surprised if even in this season, Adam Bochrist has a better season than Seth Jones does. Chicago just... There's some teams that seem like they just mortgaged their entire future this off-season for 
a really weird... Like, the Sabres must be looking at this, going, fuck me, Seth Jones is worth Adam Boquist two firsts and a second. And people are moaning at us <laughs> for wanting, like, multiple good pieces for Jack Eichel. And you're getting that for Seth Jones. No wonder the Sabres are fucking holding their ground. This Christ. is the thing, like, the world's gone mad. Every single trader's got to have three first-round picks in it. I don't, I don't care who you're trading for. All of the D-men are making over $9 million. It's it's a fucking barmy world out there now. Like it's the wild west. All bets are off. We've we've crossed the singularity. We're into fucking uncharted territory. <laughs> it's so true. It's, it's it's utter insanity. And like another another team that are just fucking doing shit out there. Fair play to the Blackhawks. Trading for um trading for Tyler Johnson. Obviously, trading for Jones. They fucking traded for Mark Andre Flory. Like, what's going on? Yeah, we can we can move on to Flower because we don't need to get into we don't need to get into the Seth Jones deal too much. I think he's fine. I think he's fine as a defenseman. But like you say, apparently, defenseman this year is for some reason the hot ticket that every GM needs or wants. So they're just getting paid out the fucking arse. <laughs> it's, it's like I don't the, get it. Um... It's like the must-have toy at Christmas. It's, oh, a defenseman. Yeah, it is. Got yeah. Over, got overpay for your defenseman. Yeah, all these new defensemen are basically Buzz Lightyear from like 10 years ago when they were the fucking thing that everyone wanted. Or Tickle Me Elmo's, if you remember far, so, far enough back. Who 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 was the guy in uh, in Jingle All The Way? Who was the... the was it Thermo Man? Schwarzenegger. No, I mean... What was yeah, the, oh, was yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Sorry, Thermo the Man. toy. I think it was Thermal Man, yeah. I I've watched so. that film for years. Yeah, I, th- I think it was because I always get it um, confused with um, Ardlo Hanlon's character in My Hero. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fucking reference. Stop Jesus. <laughs> fucking poop show. A fucking sun- yeah, Sunday night sitcom if ever I saw one. <laughs> yeah, so you've got, you got Schwarzenegger running through the streets in New York trying to give fucking... Trying to give Brady Shade nine million dollars a year. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Also, like you know, trying to find a Seth Jones action figure for nine million dollars. <laughs> a, be- a better investment, I'd yeah. say, than the player himself. To be fair, yeah, if you actually kept that Seth Jones action figure wrapped up in its box and neat and tidy, and kept it pristine for a good few years, it might be worth more than Seth Jones at the end of his deal. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on Flower before we get onto the uh, onto the last thing. Yes, because. I kind of have a little bit of a, a hot take on this uh, Mark andre Fleury oh, deal. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I like it. Lay it on me. I get, right, that Mark andre Fleury is beloved, okay? <laughs> yes. He's not, he's not untradeable. He's a $7 million goalie who plays on a team with a $5 million goalie, which means every night Vegas is paying somebody to sit on the bench, making millions and millions and millions of dollars. At some point, or, one or, of them or they had don't to go. actually have any centers in their organization. Yeah. At some point, one of them had to go. And it turned out to be Flurry. Did they do him dirty? Yeah, they did a little bit. He should have found out a better way. It turned out to be the goalie I, whose agent tweeted out a photo of him with a with a sword in his back with his head coach's name on it. Who could have seen that? Who could have who could have believed <laughs> that the goalie Hughes agent caused an absolute fucking PR shitstorm for the team was the one that got traded? What a surprise. Who could have seen it coming? I'm very confused by the can you believe they traded Mark Andre Fleury? Hang on a minute, let me go to Cap Friendly. Let me look at both their goalies. Yeah, yeah, I can. Okay. 
Because at the end of the day, it's a business. And you can't have two 1A goalies. If you have a tandem, that's fine. But a tandem is 1A, 1B. It's not 1A, 1A. So one of them had to go. And like we said last year, like I think I think you said that upper management kind of, it looked to you like upper management said, well, Fleury's the face of the team. He has to play. Whereas we all said, why aren't you starting Laner again? I don't understand. Like he was the guy who was better, in my opinion. So they've moved on from Flurry. Should he have found out a better way than he did? Of course he should. I can kind of believe, I can kind of believe that, um, like what Kelly McCrimmon said, was that it leaked out before we had a chance to finalise the details and it just got out there. And I can kind of believe that there was maybe a thing. Flurry had to know there was a chance he was going to get traded. He had to. I, I think that whole finding out through Twitter thing is is like, it's, I don't know, it's sort of self self-inflicted in a way, isn't it? You can't expect the GM to phone a player every time he's discussing him in trade negotiations because that's not fucking yeah. healthy for anyone, is it? It's like if you're a footballer at the moment and you follow fucking Fabrizio Romano on Twitter, like, you're, you're, you're playing yourself, aren't you? you if you're following yeah, exactly. all the people who have the, have the inside information, if you're following Friedman, or Johnson, or fucking Cerevelli, the king of it this year, you, you're going to get hurt, aren't you? I thought they did him dirty, and I said that. I, I thought they did do him dirty. And to send him to Chicago as well after everything that happened seemed even more dirty because now Chicago is kind of not... It's a bit dirty, Chicago, at the moment. It's not good. I don't, I'd and say to send so. him there was... Yeah, to send him there was a bit... Oh, that's that's mean. You should have sent him somewhere kind of nicer or a bit better. But yeah, this the, kind the nicest of, guy in hockey going to, uh, to the most evil franchise in the history of the sport. Yeah, exactly. But this kind of, oh my God, can you believe this happened? Yes. Players get traded all the time. Players who are a hell of a lot better than Marc-Andre Fleury. He's a lovely guy. He's a great dude. And you know what? I hope he just retires. I hope he goes, ah, fuck it. Don't need it. I'm going to retire. Fuck you. And that'd be great. Good for him. Take control of his life. Ride off into the sunset. Dude's got fucking three cups and a finals appearance and a Vezina and Fantastic. Good for him. You know, but... I, I, I thought the outpouring of "Can you believe this?" was very odd. I, as much as I would, yeah, I'd like him to retire and, and say "fuck you," I'm not playing for the Black Horse. That still feels like it's forced on him. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, not, it's not yeah, his, it probably it's not would his be. Choice at but the end again, of Vegas aren't running a. You know, this sounds crazy. That you know, the Golden Knights aren't running a charity shop. They're running a multi-million-dollar franchise, and they have to make decisions based off the results on the ice, and. The results on the ice said we should probably not employ this goalie. For one thing, look, it was it's it was because of flu that they lost that fucking game to the Habs. So he's made mistakes and he costs more money and you need to save money. So that's it. That's the only option. Yeah, that's that's it, isn't it? That is that is absolutely it. Christ alive, baby screaming, got the four year old screaming because the baby's screaming. <laughs> Mate, in the fucking wars, Jesus! Just a just a standard evening in the every human household, mate. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you, mate. It does get better, so don't worry. It's uh, it'll good. all calm down in a couple of years or so. Yeah, it will. You'll be fine. It will. We'll 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 get there. We'll get there. Just quickly, just I forgot to ask this before about the the Kraken draft. Uh, you got any issues with the insiders breaking news before it even happened? I forgot to uh, no, ask you about that. No, not at all. Not at all. Like that's not that's Frank Saravelli's job. Like, because he, he's a, you know, obviously there are other insiders involved, but it's Frank Cervelli who was doing the whole thing. 
one man army out there. And like <laughs> the thing that I was thinking with it, it it ain't Cervelli's fault that this information's leaking out. Do, do you know what I mean? Like this, this is about the NHL getting their house in order, stopping the leaks. Don't have a go at the geezer who's getting all this information leaks to him. Obviously, you know, there is some proactivity on Frank's part where he's asking for the information. It's not he's not being forcibly phoned up by people necessarily. I don't know how it works strictly. But yeah, you've you've got to you've got to either improve the way that you're having that information come out by, you know, maybe not having fucking forty eight hours between the picks and the draft or however long it was. Or or even just very simply stop people sharing fucking confidential information outside of their organizations it's, it's very fucking simple yeah i was i was annoyed at the insiders at first and then the more i thought about it i was like, actually yeah no this is the nhl's fault if you don't want them to do that don't give them the chance to do that like that they say that's his job frank saravella has <laughs> been employed by daily face-off for that reason because he can break news stories it makes it gets them more followers it gets them more clicks he has to do that he can't just sit there and say well i can't do this because if he does it then if he doesn't do it someone else is going to break the stuff and then it looks like and then he doesn't have the stories and it impacts his sort of professional you know his his earnings basically so yeah that kind of didn't blame all it's nhl's fault for sure and from a fan point of view what what does it really matter whether you're reading it on like you're on Twitter anyway? That's the only way you're getting that information. Does it matter that you're reading it from at Frank Cervelli versus at NHL? <laughs> no, it fucking doesn't, does it? <laughs> Do you know what as well? Like we said, if it had been kept a complete secret and then people watched that draft, they would have gone, I fucking stayed up all this time to watch this. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> He couldn't like so. In the end, Frank Saravelli fucking did you a favor. He did me a favor to not have to fucking watch it because <laughs> there was no massive mega. Oh my god! Like picks, no, it's just a bunch of dudes basically. You're waiting for fucking um, Vlad Tarasenko and Jacob Voracek yeah. and Kerry Price. Yeah, like, nah, bro. Nah, none, none of those geezers. There's a bunch of guys you have heard of who are pretty good, and then a bunch of dudes you've definitely never ever heard of ever, and and we'll so, never hear of you know ever what? again. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? I'm gonna say here, thank you, Frank. You did me a service. I appreciate you, Frank Saravelli. Thank you very much. All right. Last thing, I, I had to get in this time because I just thought we'd never get to it next time. The uh, the HLJ Award has been voted on the Hashek oh. Lidstrom Yaga Award for the best non North American player of the year. I messaged about, on Twitter, about 110 people altogether. And I think, looking back, because I've got a nifty little spreadsheet, we got 41, 42 votes, which is honestly outstanding. Because, and I want to say this, if anybody who voted does listen to this show, thank you so much for voting. You had no reason to ever reply to me. I'm just, like I said before, I'm a fucking idiot from across the pond who likes hockey and said to you, would you like to do this? And then people did. So, and I'm happy to say because of all those votes, this is actually, this award is actually better represented than some actual NHL awards, which is kind of funny to me. We got votes from well-known hockey people all over the world and the actual regular world, not people who work in hockey, including, oh, it was nice, including prominent writers from The Athletic. We got people uh, people who do play-by-play calls for teams. We got beat reporters, uh, loads more. So yeah, thank you to everybody who voted on this. I, I said it would be 100% anonymous and it will be 
the interesting things to come out of this were who people sort of valued in different areas. Um, we went with a 5-3-1 point system. So five points if you got a first place vote, three points for second, and one point for third. Before we reveal the winner, Will, was there anything about you from looking at the uh, the figures that surprised you about maybe who got votes or how many votes or something like that? I mean, Mira Heskinen getting a third place vote, Andrzej Kopitar getting a third place vote. Uh, I mean, not to say that they're bad players, but but yeah, like that that surprises me. Um, something I feel I was I was short sighted in my own ballot. Nick Ehlers and, and David Pasternak not getting, but they get four votes in total and only one first place vote between them, which is uh, they got six. <laughs> Six votes in total, one third Sorry, place, yeah, that's what I'm at. four four second places, and a third place vote between them. Yeah, yeah, which is you know <laughs> none of those are from me, so I'm I'm part of the problem. But yes, yeah, crazy <laughs> to think that. So I was just going to say, in in some ways, it shows just what a variety of incredibly skilled European talent there actually is in the league, which is fantastic. It really is. What's yeah, your, what's I, I your, think your weird takeaway from it. Uh, yeah, I think I'll go with the same two points you can have made. Was that there were some players on there who I thought performed worse than I thought they would do when we went to kind of the public opinion. I thought Victor Hedman would get way more votes than he did. He only finished with fourteen points in the end. He got two first place votes and four third place votes. That was it. I, I was convinced loads of people would have him second or third. I really was. Or even first. Because the general consensus is he's the best D-man in the league. And I just assumed, well, he's going to get, he's at least going to get like, you know, four or five first place votes. And he only got two. And the other one was that I neglected on my own ballot. I wasn't thinking it is or Pasternak. It was Artemi Panarin, who I, for some reason, I don't know, completely forgot about. And I would have had, I wouldn't have had him first, second or third, but he would have been my fourth place vote. And I totally forgot about Artemi Panarin and I think I did him a disservice because he is looking at that Rangers team, I mean I guess you've got like Adam Fox now and two good goalies, but you know, looking offensively, you talk about most important players, like Panarin does fucking everything for that team. And I think does does he suffer with that problem of um Yeah, you know, he's gonna be a runaway every time, isn't he? Because he is the most important player on that team by a country mile. So if if you're looking at like MVP kind of quantifying for for this award, like yeah, I don't think you'll find a European player individually more important for their team than Artemi Panarin, really, will you? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, he finished he finished fourth in points overall, but he got more first place votes than the person who came third. But the person who but Panarin only got um, nine votes overall. Whereas the person who came third got 18 votes overall. So obviously they got, you know, by just that virtual only got way more points. I'll, um, do you know what? I'll read out the whole list because I think it is uh, it was interesting. I think it's, um, and I'll, I've got a little uh, pie chart that I'll put up on Twitter as well to, uh, you know, sort of show how the, the votes went down and stuff. And I'm sure there'll be players on here that if people hear this, they'll go, what about this guy? And uh, yeah, there's probably players we've forgotten again. But like I said, uh, five points if you got a first place vote. Three points if you got a second place vote. One point if you got a third place vote. So tied joint last with one point each were Mira Haskinen, Andrzej Kopitar, Gino Malkin and Gabe Landeskog. And then next with three points were Philip Grubauer, Nick Backstrom and Ovi. 
Ovi only got one vote. That did surprise me a little bit. I thought he might get a couple more cheeky ones in there. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these one voters, yeah, all due respect to our, our esteemed voters. <laughs> Fucking absolutely. I think there's a lot of names in, in that, that bottom tier that are like, yeah, you you should be on the bottom tier and could easily be exchanged for anyone who's going to point out in the comments player X who should have been considered. Like, <laughs> Yeah, good take point. Any, good take point. anyone from this fucking list, I don't care. Yeah, it's true, that's true. Uh, next with seven points was David Pasternak. Uh, he got one third place vote and two second place votes. Uh, Nick Healers got a first place vote and two second places. Uh, Victor Hedman finishes, like I said, kind of further down than I thought he would with two first place votes and four third placed. Uh, a guy who was on my list, and I think, yeah, your list, Yuti Saros, uh, only one other person aside from you gave him a first place vote. He had two firsts, a second, and then five thirds. Mika Rantanen, 21 points, came sixth. Kirill Kaprizov, yeah, yeah Kirill Kaprizov came fifth. And then, one like five. I said, our, yeah, Artemi Panarin finished fourth with, like I said, six first place votes. He had more first place votes than Leon Dreisaitl, who finished third. But Dreisaitl just got a ton more votes. Uh, Panarin had 35 points and Dreisaitl had 54 points. A guy that we absolutely forgot about. And I'm not sure if you forgot about this guy or not, or just didn't think he was like that important to his team. I, I think I think the problem is, the reason he gets forgotten so much is because he's so underrated, Dan. <laughs> you could be right. Or maybe he gets forgotten so much because he's overrated. I can't work out anymore. I don't know what the right what the truth is here, but Sasha Barkov finishes 10 points ahead of Leon Dreisaddle. Sasha Barkov got 64 points and was a it was a clear second choice. Bizarrely, bizarrely, when you when you're calculating these lists and getting these votes in, obviously they don't come through in any particular order. So Barkov didn't start getting votes until something like the eighth or ninth person. And then everyone after that was just, oh yeah, Barkov, 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 Barkov. And, and I made sure to ask people as well who weren't just analytics people. I want to mention that as well. Like I say, I asked a complete sort of random mixture of as many people as I could. So it wasn't all just analytics community. But yeah, Barkov came second with 64 points. And I think for the first ever HLJ award, it's good to have a clear, clear runaway winner with nearly twice as many points as second place it was Andre Vasilevsky with 118 points absolutely dominant shout out congratulations 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 to you Andre Vasilevsky and a, a fantastic performance and you know what I think I said when I did my votes I was I was hoping it wasn't a case of people just thought oh yeah but it's on the lightning I was hoping they actually noticed when I like I said when I did my own voting I didn't think I'd have him first I didn't think I'd even have him maybe third. I thought maybe third or fourth. And I thought I'd look at him and go, yeah, but, you know, <coughs> look who's around him kind of thing. But then when I did like a more of a deep dive analytically into him, he was that good this year. And they, uh, yeah, when somebody finishes with nearly twice as many points, I think you can say they're the uh, deserved winner. There's a few others that I'd, I'd like to give a lot of a mention to that, you know, it's interesting to me that they haven't had a single vote. You know, obviously, I'm part of the problem because I didn't vote for any of these players either. Sebastian Arho. No no mention of Sebastian Arho anywhere. Yeah, he could absolutely have taken votes off any of the bottom... Christ, any of the bottom six or seven. Easy. This is this is what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think he was necessarily... 
you know, the most, you know, he wasn't deserving of the award, all due respect to him. But yeah, to not have a single vote when guys like Kopitar are having votes is is very odd to me. And then um, Mika's manager had as well, I'd have thought would would get a vote or two in there, but I suppose all of his votes would go to um, Artemi Panarin. Yeah, if you're thinking of the Rangers, you just go straight to Panarin, don't you? And maybe Arho is a victim of being on that team because you've also got like Teravainen. There's a lot of good Europeans on the Carolina team. Well, you you don't think of Carolina being um, top-heavy in in any respect, let alone when you you take it down to to just European skaters either. That is true. And I've actually just realised of everybody who voted, Vasilevsky only... So the... There was only six people who didn't give Vasilevsky a vote. That's kind of crazy. Like, he got that votes is, off everybody. Only six people didn't vote. And like I said, I think we got 42 or 43 votes looking at it. Yeah, dude's a clear winner. Clear winner. And I That's really enjoyed this. Me. I really enjoyed doing this. And like I said, thank you to everybody who participated. I really... Um, meanwhile, we're kind of laughing about it. If somebody random from just like, I don't know, somebody who does, I don't know, fuck it, ah, I'm trying to think of a stupid, it's like cricket or something. There's oh, we're doing this thing and uh, you talked about it once on your show. Do you want to vote on it? I'd be like, what? No, <laughs> leave me alone. I'm not replying to you, random weird person on Twitter. That's a good way to end the show. I enjoyed doing Definitely, that. Definitely, like, yeah. Thanks thanks to everyone for, for participating and, and congratulations to Vassi on, on the first, uh, the reigning HLJ champion. There you go, yeah. The reigning HLJ award winner. I do feel like, part of me feels like we have to get a trophy and try and send it to him via, like, the Lightning Head Office or something. And just, like, a little disclaimer or something. Just so you know, Andre. I know, because it'd make Kucherov happy as well, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> he thought Vasilevsky got snubbed. <laughs> he might, might not got the Vesna, but he's got the far more important award. Exactly. Hey, dude, if, you're, if you've got an award with your name on it alongside Hashek, Lidstrom and Yaga, you must be pretty fucking good. <laughs> I'd be pretty chuffed. <laughs> no no, uh, no Russians on there, though. We need to need to get some more Russians on there for him to be particularly interested. Oh, shit, you're right. I didn't even think of that. Maybe we could have a Russian coach. Hey, Fedorov's just started coaching, hasn't he? We'll put Fedorov on there yeah, as, or a co- Ch- <laughs> as the coach. Trechak on there or Karlamov or fucking Ovi. Yeah, McGillney, anyone. They'll be fine. (laughs) All right, there we go. Thank you, everybody. We had a bit of a break. We are back, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately. I don't know. But uh, there we are. Will, any last words? Um, Looking forward to covering even more nonsense on Wednesday. Hang on, sorry. Have you got a dog? Uh, No. One of my neighbours has a dog. Okay. (laughs) I was gonna say, don't tell me you've got a fucking dog as well, because <laughs> I'll come over. I'll come over this table and get you. <laughs> a fucking fucking four year old, and you've got a fucking dog. I was gonna say, <coughs> oh Christ! Yeah, that's that's the problem. We got a dog, and we're all allergic to dogs. That's why. Uh... <laughs> that's why everyone's ill. <laughs> fucking hell! All right. Did you do your last words? I can't remember now. I I, I did. It's it's um. I'm looking forward to talking about even more nonsense on uh, on Wednesday, and and that gives us another like, what, five days for more nonsense to develop. Like we're gonna we're gonna end up in a we're gonna be like halfway through the season next year and still be talking about off season shenanigans because we won't have caught up. Yeah, plenty more time for GMs to make some stupid decisions before we record again. At Chuck oh. Fletcher. Yes, shout out Chucky. All right, there we go. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.